So I went down here. Do you know um, that I just found out we've been using these microphones wrong all the time? Oh, yeah? Yeah, we're supposed to. Oh, here's just still off. It's supposed to be facing. There. But look at these fuzzy things we just got. Yeah, it's pretty fancy. I mostly, I thought they looked really professional. <laughs> so I wanted to get them. And they were cheap. Yep. Ready to go? Ready. You're listening to the Fight for Together podcast. Besides our new microphones, let's talk about life circumstances here for one second. Because we had a crazy day. Mm-hmm. Basically, when we went on the Appalachian Trail... We rented our house out on Airbnb, which seemed really smart because we're making money off of our house that's totally empty. Yeah, and it was smart for <laughs> when we were gone. The problem was we kind of forgot to turn it off. <laughs> that part wasn't very smart. <laughs> so then uh, there was like, I don't know if I can even call it miscommunication because I partially didn't really care too. I was like, oh, maybe we'll make a lot of money doing it. So bottom line is tomorrow these people arrive at our house and we had to get the heck out of the house. I'm trying to look up to see how much money we're making (laughs) from this whole debacle because I don't know if it's worth it. What We're in September. This isn't the only time either. We've got two other groups besides this group. In October. So we're making $863. And actually, Hmm. we're paying the kids almost $200 to clean it. So we're really making $600. For three, four days, three nights out of our house. And we're just moving into my backyard, staying at my parents' house. Yeah. Which actually isn't that bad, but it does, like... It, it totally takes all this energy that I had towards anything creative now gets spent into where's the French press, <laughs> where's the memory cards. I couldn't even find the camera. I had to go to my parents' house just to get the camera today. Yeah, because you, it's almost like we have to reset. Not completely, but when we, we had a mode going, and now it's like okay, that gets disrupted, <clears throat> and well, I mean, it helps us clean things out. That's a pro. But first yeah. world problems. It's probably not worth it, but we're stuck with it until we've got two more groups in October. <laughs> yeah. Another group in o- a- one group in November. Like next weekend we have someone too. I know. Alright. Yeah, we'll deal with it. So today I wanted to share about a change that I went through this week. <clears throat> and you guys may have seen this already because we have an Instagram account at Fight for Together. We have a YouTube page, of course. I don't know if it would have shown itself there yet. But basically, three days ago, I was sitting. Uh, it was a Sunday morning, and I'm just sitting there. I I don't really know what happened. I This is one of those times where I, I really wish I would have written down... Oh my gosh, you know what it was. What? Okay, this actually makes sense now. I'm so glad I remember this. I was writing out our experience at the nudist resort. 
Mm. Which it's safe to talk about because we've already told you guys this on the last episode. <clears throat> Unless you didn't listen to that one. It's a it's a good one. <laughs> uh, it's a good one. We were so nude. I was I was writing this out and it I just I hit like it was like a Sunday morning. I had coffee and I was like, my one goal is to write this out. What happened this week and why it was a big deal to me emotionally. Mm-hmm. And I sit there and I can't write. I mean, it's just like writer's block. Hmm. And I've written enough to know that, you know, Stephen Pressfield calls this the resistance where there's something good that needs to be done and mm-hmm. I'll think of any excuse to not do it. It's, it's more than just like, I don't want to call it spiritual forces at work. I mean, yeah, let's call it that. But it's complicated. It's, it's, it's something something's trying to stop me <laughs> you know i need to, i need to get past it it's not yeah. just like i'm tired or some physical reason it's actually it'll happen every time i sit down and write something good yeah or or deep or personal um so this is what happened i'm like staring at the paper for like 20 minutes and just like picking my nose and finally i just put pen to paper and i, I the best advice i got for writing is you don't forget interest you just start writing so yeah. it's just like we're naked by the pool or Cammie takes her clothes off or whatever the line is. I don't remember what it was, but I just started writing about it. Mm-hmm. And I wrote maybe a page, took me like 20 minutes. And I was just writing about our feelings. And then I was like, damn, this is really, really good. And when I say good, I don't mean like talented because this is just my journal. It wasn't, um, I, I don't put any energy into it, nor do I consider myself a good writer. But the stories are so unique. And when I say good, I, I think of it this way. If I would were reading these, it would be offer me some degree of hope, freedom, insight, inspiration, some new way of thinking or seeing things. Mm-hmm. Because I have like kind of two categories of seeing people sexually. There's like conservative which means you like follow all the rules or at least claim to and like liberal, which means like, it's like screw the rules. Like I don't care. You do whatever, whenever. And I don't consider us that we like care about, which is a very black or white. Yeah. I, in fact, I don't know anyone that is truly liberal or conservative. Yeah. hundred percent. But anyways, so our story is not that it's like us trying to preserve monogamy and follow who we think God is and do the right thing. And we're naked with a bunch of strangers. And it's like, (laughs) (laughs) anyway, so I'm writing this. And then I don't know what this really has to do with much, but I was scrolling through Instagram, probably trying to avoid writing. And I came across this video by Gary V. We have to, in our community, stop starting with vanity metrics like followers because it's a terrible framework to play within that almost always will eliminate the upside that you actually possess. It's far less about having 3,000 or 500 or 4.1 million followers. It's more about a single piece of content even when you have nine followers or nine million followers gives you the opportunity to impact or create or selfishly creates the step for what you're trying to accomplish. Everybody's pandering to the numbers. 
People are not posting because they don't get enough likes and they overthink things. People are wrapping their self-esteem into how many followers they have or are checking their progression. What does 3,000 from 500 mean? That means I'm going in the right direction. What happens the next time I talk to you in a year if that 3,000 is only 3,100? Does that mean you did worse? Maybe you did better because you're better at producing contextual content. So it's an important moment in this conversation. So this is like basic for me these ideas like I know them I've preached them I've implemented them in business startups myself it's like don't worry about the followers or the numbers worry about the content and the truth and the numbers will always catch up but for some reason after writing out this story of us which was a very intimate story that I mean we've we've only scratched the surface on sharing at all I mean, like, mm-hmm. even, like, what you and I have gone through to get to that point, we haven't talked about it. And then I listen to this post, and I'm like, shit. Like, I'm totally thinking about the numbers. Not in how to build popularity, but I'm afraid of people that are going to hate us or unfollow us or unlike us both online, but mostly actually in real life. Yeah. It's, it's probably more of a real-life thing for me. And, and for some reason, uh, I, I'm like staring at this um, journal entry that I wrote and seeing that our story is so valuable. Mm-hmm. And I'm listening to this Gary Vee thing where he's like saying, stop caring about the numbers. And I, I had seen myself as someone who doesn't care about the numbers or the followers. I see myself as kind of like past that. But actually, when I was like realizing, you know, kind of like our story for the last number of years it's made me really scared to share the things that I most deeply believe. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a subconscious level that totally we were caring about this. Yeah. And I, I just got this <clears throat> phrase that came to me and it was like, you need to be done playing defense and start playing offense. Because I feel like I've been so reactive. I'm so afraid. Because, mm-hmm. frankly, you guys, we've just got our asses kicked the last three years. Um, and that's a whole nother vlog and a whole nother story. And I think we should probably tell it sooner rather than later. But I don't think it's really time to get into it. But a lot of friends have left us. A lot of, like, church-type community-ish, like, I don't know if getting kicked out is the right phrase, but, you know, fuck it, whatever. Yeah, We've been accused of a lot of things. Just, like, weird stuff. Left, right, you know. Um, And we've come to peace and owned our part of it, but we've come to realize, okay, there's something else going on where we're never going to fit into that game. And at some point... We're not following a certain code anymore very well. And that was a really hard thing for us because it meant losing everything that we knew and feeling like it was our fault, even though deep down we came to believe it wasn't because we were never, we never stood a chance at success in that game while living with integrity. Once again, that's a side issue, so I don't want to get into that. But it's just left me with like, I'm scared. I'm scared to lose everything again and feel like it's my fault and uh, feel like I'm a bad influence on people and yada, yada, yada. And I also think for many, many years we were trained into thinking you should care about what these people think of you. 
And you better play that game. Because if you don't, God won't like you. Which we stopped believing. I mean, we don't believe that God won't like us. But I think pragmatically and practically, there's evidence that we still are afraid of something because it's really hard. To a point where subconsciously I didn't realize that I'm holding so much back. And so much of what we're saying, like let's just take the Appalachian Trail, for example. We just did that because it was so important to us. And then we decided to film it. And I would say we kind of filmed bare minimum. Like we showed us walking a lot. We filmed the kids talking a lot. Those are all safe things. Uh, The one time I actually shared something that meant something to me, CPS got called on our asses and created this wacko controversy. I think we couldn't handle... Maybe if we were at home, we could handle more of that controversy better. But being on the trail, it was already such a fragile... I mean, it was just really hard physically, emotionally, mentally. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. For me, I just feel like... Or, Even at home in that time period, I right. Be or and also we were just emotionally where where we were at. But the good yeah, news is, I don't feel like I'm there handle. anymore. And I I just like, I'm like, you know what? I'm done. Now this could be this flash and this frying pan thing, but I don't think it is. I think I think we're actually coming out of this that season of our life. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like the, the best way it helped me think about it was, like I said, I've been so reactive. I, I've like almost positioned myself being ready to hear the backlash and respond to the backlash. And I'm like, you know what? I'm done. I I don't need to listen to backlash. I need to like put my head down and think of like, what message have we been given? And and we believe our message comes from God. Like he made us and he gave us our story and taught us. And uh, so it has a spiritual component to it. And we need to share it. Like, or, or what? Or we die or we live, we go to the grave with, like this one part that we can bring to the world that no one else can. And I I don't think, I I think this is true about everyone, by the way. So I I don't think like, oh, we're so special, but I actually think if, if, if each person, if we don't bring our peace, we're like robbing the world and ourselves of like, I don't know. Like, I don't think God wanted just to make a million cogs all the same. Mm -hmm. And the way we see him the way we see God, the way we see beauty is when each person is truly themselves. And that's true in our marriage. Like I think for a long time, you were trying to be who I wanted you to be. And that's what I thought I wanted. Mm -hmm. But our marriage has been so much happier as you've become more you. And sometimes it's inconvenient for me. Mm -hmm. Like I don't like that. I'm like, dang it, why don't you just try and make me happy again but it's so much better actually (laughs) yeah yeah about a year ago i think our therapist just said this line that i've been thinking about ever since and he said guys it's just time for you to live your life again and this was just after a lot of stuff that happened and and i think i it was really good to hear that back then, but I don't think in some ways I was ready for it. And in some ways I wasn't ready just to live my life. And I think this is part of it, a huge part of it. Living our life means we're not living 
in such a way that we get the approval of certain people. I trusted him, but still part of me was like, we are living our life. Like, what do you mean? Right. Because I don't think I could see how yeah. much in reaction defense mode we were. Yeah. But it actually, I don't know if it was even until just this Sunday that I could see what else is possible, what living on the offense looks like. Yeah. And I say offense, but maybe I just mean like proactive. And like how life-giving and good and and we're and we're being kept from doing that. Like we're keeping ourselves, but because <clears throat> I think from some of these relationships in the past, if I were to write my books right now, which I feel like I should be doing, I feel like I'd almost have to apologize as I write and publish them. <clears throat> and yeah, and even when I post something on Instagram that I really, truly, honestly believe that I know is going to offend people. Yeah, we were just trained to have. You need to have this false humility. Or false modesty, but they never said it was false. But I think so much of it is like you need to, you know, make sure you're not pumping yourself up too much, you know. Yeah. So the last couple days, we've like uh, written these things on Instagram, which are like these one-liners. The first one said "safety second," <clears throat> and you know, it's like it's a bit in your face, but it's like what we really believe. And we say this stuff all the time in our family and we think it. It's like what runs our life. But to write it seems like, oh, crap. And even I wrote this one yesterday that we got a little bit of crap on. Um, what what was it? It's, it says, yes, it's complicated. And then uh, it shows like this picture of all of us. And the first line said, I edited it already because I don't know if I should have, but uh, what did I write? You're reacting. I wrote, traveling doesn't matter if you are doing it alone. Um, and this person already responded and was like, well, I travel alone and it's great. And I'm like, you know what? Like, duh. <laughs> like, of well, course. The reason why we're being so extreme on the other side is because our culture already thinks it's great to travel alone. Yeah, because there's a thousand voices and people that say you can't travel with kids. Yeah. So it's like, yes, it's hyperbolic. Um, but we're called to speak our piece and we have to speak it loudly. One, because I actually believe it loudly. And two, because it's the only way to be heard. Mm -hmm. uh, on Instagram or something like that. So I'm still figuring that out. Um, but yep. I think we have matured. Um, I know I've matured because I used to say these really hyperbolic things, and I, I used to believe that it was the only thing that mattered. You know, like one thing I believe is that mortgages are stupid. So I would say mortgages are stupid, never get one. And then I would, like, think anyone that got one was kind of dumb. With my maturity or wisdom, I, I still think mortgages are stupid, but I think there's other angles as well. And I've come to see my blind spots and other people's strengths, and there's certain benefits to mortgages that also need to be taken into account in addition to them being stupid. Mm -hmm. So the question is, though, for a long time, I think I was like, okay, fine. I'm not going to say what in the world. Um, I'm not going to say that they're stupid anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, because that's not a very, that's not nice or something. But actually, I've come to learn, oh, I think my way of seeing the world, my unique way of seeing the world is still true and valid. And I think you could say, I think, 
mortgages are stupid. You're not calling yeah, but that's people like, uh, who have mortgages stupid. It's implied. I, I mean, I know what you're saying, but all the like the, the main writing book of all time, Elements of Style, they say, don't use unnecessary words <laughs> or don't introduce things. That's why I want them to just be like, mortgages are stupid. Oh, I see. Because it's like, of course, if you're writing it, it's, of course that it's like what, you, what you think. Yeah. Yeah. And part of me wonders, like, well, why not say that? Like, I feel like there's so much disclaimers in the world today. Where I know. I w- if m- I feel like my Instagram posts will be 90% disclaimers. Like, aren't, aren't these big boys and girls, like, can't they, like, take care of themselves and their own emotions? If if what you says offended them, then they can take care of it. And I, and I know that they can just, like, unsubscribe. Yeah, exactly. You know, but I'm like, I don't know why... Uh, it's not our job to take care of everyone else's emotions. So then I came across this other guy who I, I've been inspired by quite a bit in the past. His name's James Altiker. And he has this phrase, and it says, if it doesn't bleed, it doesn't lead. Make sure every post or video you do bleeds from the heart, entertains, and educates in that order. So his whole thing when he says make it bleed is like it's got to be a part of you that's hard to write and real. Otherwise, why are you writing? Like, why go on Facebook and say, like, life is nice. Like, everyone else is writing, thinking, or feeling that or implying that. So one more out of 10,000 people, it doesn't add any value in the world. doesn't help anyone out. Mm-hmm. What really adds value is if it bleeds from you, if it's if it's actually a part of who you are uniquely. Hmm. Um, and like I said, I'm saying this from my perspective. Like, this is what we feel like we're supposed to be doing. But the people that I get inspired reading or watching or seeing are the people that bleed on the page. Hmm. And they entertain and educate and inspire, I guess you said, in that order. Hmm. By the way, I'm going to post um, all these links in the little description thing so you can check these out. Um, so then I was listening to this James Altucher podcast, which was called Telling the Truth. And it was an interview he did with this guy named Max Tucker. I think that was his name. And they said some things that really, I was like, Cammy, you got to listen to this because it really mm-hmm. feels like where we're at. Hey, you know, all these pundits on these business shows they're all full they, of shit. yeah they're all a they're full of shit and they've all gone broke they've all had the worst things like i would write these stories about what would happen to me going broke and all the experiences i've had and they would trash me on twitter but then write me like sorry yeah. the same thing happened to me also but i couldn't <laughs> I, I can't actually say that or they'll never let me back on the show yep. and uh so james altaker is a financial pundit he's like written a lot about bitcoin and he did hedge fund management stuff like that and he talked a lot about crashing and burning and going broke and he what he's saying was all these financial dudes these writers for msn money and csnbc would trash him on twitter publicly and then privately message him and be like yeah i've gone broke too (laughs) but i can't admit it because you know, because their reputation means more to them than telling the truth. And I feel like some variation of this has always existed with us when we've had the courage to say what's real. Mm-hmm. We get publicly trashed, mm-hmm. or at least it feels that way. Sometimes it is that way. And then people will reach out to us and say, like, wow, 
that that really spoke to me. That really changed my life. I feel that same way. Usually not the same people, but yeah, different people. Correct. Uh, yeah, usually <laughs> different people. Yeah. And we've been in the situation. We've had to decide. Well, who do we want to make happy? You know, because in a way, we could try not to get trashed and try and make the the greater population happy. But in a way, I'd rather help and relate to, first of all, the people that are more legitimately like me anyways, meaning if I'm my real self, the types of people that are attracted to that, not the fake self I promote. Yeah. And two, more the people that are down and out and don't have all their shit together, aren't pretending that they do. Hmm. Anyways. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of a fucking war, you know, and you, cause it's, when I sit here, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I want to tell the truth, but then it, it gets to you. Like it really gets to you. And I don't feel like you get very many points for the second group. Like I think of my time, I spent eight years in Sexaholics Anonymous, the 12 step group, and we would make videos about our life and my involvement and stuff. And the general consensus was like, okay, you're a sicko, you're dumb, or something like that. <laughs> and then, you know, of course, a lot of guys deal with this stuff. And I'll never forget this one. Actually, that was a funny story because this super popular Christian author that was super influential in our dating period contacted me and was like asking my advice for his porn addiction mm-hmm. because he's like a pastor and an author. And he can't publicly admit that he has this issue still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which makes me feel like, yeah, we don't get much points. And so it's not gratifying that way. But then we don't, it's so much healthier for us. Like selfishly, it's actually so much better for us when we are telling the truth. But in not in those moments where you know you get trashed on Twitter or whatever, but in the long run, I think it's so much better for us. Yes, and and I, having hung out with both, I would rather be attractive to. <laughs> this is going to sound really weird. I would rather <laughs> be attractive to child molesters than mm-hmm. movie stars. Meaning, if I could help someone. I would rather help someone that wants help than, than and knows they need it and knows they need it yeah. than be around someone who already thinks that their life is great and has it all together right. and is. But that's you know, with a belief that everyone's has some sick part of themselves. You know, maybe it's not child molestation, but it's it's something else. Because what I noticed about being around that crowd and what I loved about twelve step groups was there was a aura of desperation people were at these Mm -hmm. groups because they felt like if they were there if they weren't there they were going to die and they were a group of people that didn't feel like they had it together and that was a really healthy place for me to be because i think it's it's easy for me to feel like oh i have it all together i don't need anyone or anything um yep i I mean it reminds me of philip yancey once wrote in his books actually quite a few of his books he mentions this list of the top 10 benefits of being poor and 
you know, of course that translates to poor in spirit, but he was just talking about literally poor. And he said, the poor are desperate. The poor need people. The poor need community. You know, rich people, they don't need community. They mm-hmm. don't need people. Yeah. Um, they're not desperate. It makes for a richer type of person. So I want to play one more sound clip from this podcast that stood out to me. I wrote my stuff, but a, a, a lot of them will read my stuff and say, how do you not care what other people think? And I'm like, why? I'm not a sociopath. I care what people think. I just only care about the people I know and the people I love and the people whose opinions I respect. Like if you were to come to me and say, Tucker, I think you know behavior X that you did is kind of messed up and we should talk about it. That would impact me and I would talk about it, right? I wouldn't be like, oh, screw you, James. If you don't agree with what I say, then to hell with you. Like I'm not Trump, right? <laughs> like like I'm not, that's not who I am. Um, but most people, the, the sphere of, let's say, caring, for me, is very small and tight. Um, for most people, it's very large, and it's like them. You know, it, it encompasses so many of they and them. And I'm like, I ask people, well, who, well, you know, what, aren't you upset about what they think? I'm like, who is they? Define they to me. People. What people? Right? And most people can't even define that. If you do get them to define, they'll say things like, well, society, or well, you know, my friends, right? I'm like, what friends? And then you kind of dive them down. Eventually you'll get to, at the core, either it's parents, right? You'll get that a lot. Well, what would my mom think? I'm like, well, whose life are you living? Yours or hers? One. And two, if your mom doesn't love you for expressing who you truly are, I got to wonder about at least certain aspects of that relationship, right? So to summarize, what he's saying is, he gets accused of not caring what people think. But what he's learned is it's really important what a few people think and actually not really important about pretty much everyone else. But I think that's actually a really hard discipline because I I find myself in that where I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so important what they think. Well, and if you don't care about what the masses think, then you, you you do get called things like narcissistic, like even sociopathic or just unempathetic or, you know, all this stuff when it's not true. And I think I've, I have some of the internet stuff dialed in where I'm like, okay, I don't care what the internet thinks, but still there was this like broad group of like, that we used to call community that was, let's just say five to 20 people. And I really cared what they think. Um, ironically, most of those people won't talk to us right now or don't talk to us. They're not a part of our life. Yeah. So, like, I think one thing I should ask myself is, why should I care about someone's opinion who doesn't care enough about us to be in our life? Right. With who we are now. And by the way, they get way into this podcast about a lot of the psychology behind why people hate other people. And they get into this whole thing where they say, you know, if, if you're different, let's say they use the analogy um, of you get a promotion at Subway. I have one of two choices. This is from like an evolutionary perspective. I can congratulate you and celebrate you or I can try and bring you down because either way, that discrepancy of you changing is going to create some level of uncomfort for me. So I can use that to inspire me to grow or I can begin to hate you. Right. And this is every level of growth that happens. Is like when one person changes and you develop, and, and that's one thing I think that is w- one thing that's true about us is we've always grown and changed. 
that if people aren't growing or changing, they have to make sense of you. So the easiest way, if they're not up for the growth or change themselves for mm-hmm. whatever reason, is to say, you suck. Right. You know, call it, you can call it sin. You can call it um, like any, immorality. Yeah, some psychological thing, whatever you want to call it. <clears throat> yeah. So I just think that's really fascinating. But this five to 20 people, I've let this like undefined opinion from this undefined group really keep me down and i really like what he does mm-hmm. where he says the clouds uh, okay sorry my computer is acting weird um he says who is they right you know you need to define it first and when i think about now like the types of people whose opinion would have mattered to me three years ago i feel like i'm crazy i would be crazy for taking their opinion seriously now to a point where it would actually change my life. Yeah. So it's interesting because it's like we were growing, but there is this part of us that was still kind of stunted, still kind of back three years caring about what these people think of us. And it finally caught up. (laughs) And then he mentions... Um, parents. Mm-hmm. He says for a lot of people, it's their parents. Yeah. Which I think my dad might listen to this podcast. Hi, dad. <laughs> Hi, dad. Because <laughs> he was like, um, "Hey, I was watching the video, but there's no video." And I was like, "Yeah, it's a podcast." Oh. Well, I was this like, one's a video. So. I was like, "It's like radio," <laughs> but that means he found it. So. Dun dun dun. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah. But he says a lot of people, their... It's their parents. Their parents' opinion of them, which for me, I don't... I actually think my parents are proud of me and would support our decisions in real life. But in my mind, there's still this scary thing where it's like I still feel... Like they could reject you somehow? Or get some sort of disapproval. Mm, Yeah that I don't know why that's I mean I think I'm like like today we're sitting out by the fire and my mom's like telling me what to do again I'm like mom I'm 39 I'm almost 40 <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she would have heard that mm-hmm. I, I said that in my head by the way <laughs> I'm not afraid to say that out loud but <laughs> yeah no you're not but it was just I had that moment where I was like I mean I still feel like a kid, but I'm like, I'm almost 40. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't tell me what to do. That's funny. Uh. I don't know what else there is to say about this. Um, this moment of clarity, I shared it with Cammie. I was very excited. Where this whole, like, I just feel like it's time to live offensively and not defensively. And I know it's really easy for these moments to f- kind of, like, fly by like I'm inspired I'm motivated and then just things go back to normal so I don't know exactly what to do because I I want to kind of harness the energy and and I feel like that vision was from God it was just like a gift of like this is how things could be and I was like oh my gosh I want that I prescribe keep 
listening to Gary V and go to counseling. <laughs> what is it with me and New York Jews? Like both Gary V and James Altucher and Casey Neistat, who didn't mention this episode, they're the only three people I watch anymore. Mm-hmm. And then I got thinking about, I really wanted a Reuben like tomorrow. <laughs> it's your 1% Jewishness <laughs> coming out. I know. <clears throat> okay, well, I feel like we kind of covered on that. Yep. So we're going to be doing some crazy stuff on Instagram, which you might have already seen, but maybe it's not crazy to you, but it felt crazy to us, and it feels bold, and it feels like we're bleeding. Um, and I know one thing that helps me be, step out like this is that I believe it's okay to make mistakes. So mm. even if we, you know, I, I know it's kind of like an adolescent, like sometimes you got to like, be like dye your hair green just to prove that you're independent. And in a way, like I might go overkill on the Instagram thing just to prove to myself even like I'm playing offense now and I yeah. might be too loud or too bold or people might unfollow, whatever, but right. it's what I got to do right now right. just for myself. Yep. So if you're along for the ride, thanks for <laughs> thanks for dealing with my adolescence in this area. <laughs> yeah. We're glad you're here. All right. Um, you know what, guys? We could go to the phone lines, but there's no but messages. But they're dead. Where's and, that? Oh, it didn't work. Wait. Well, where did our thing go? Oh, there it is. Okay. Hang on. you got to go to the right page there. Okay. Because That's you guys didn't leave any messages. And I warned you that this would happen. And I warned you what we would do about it. We're not going to do any phone section. Sorry. But, and I shouldn't do this because I'm probably enabling you guys. I'm going to um, tell some jokes. What? Instead. Yeah. Hey, no, you can't look. Okay. Well, you already heard them, but you oh, didn't. Okay. okay. A bear wants, hang on, I need, I need to get my uh, things ready here. What's uh, the clapping one? Oh, this. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, we can do clapping, too. Or nobody like a laughing one. Uh, clapping crowds. Com- oh, yeah. Comedy. Okay, Here we go. Okay. A bear once asked a rabbit, do you have problems with poop sticking to your fur? <laughs> no, said the rabbit. And the bear wipes his ass with the rabbit. <laughs> I thought that was funny. That was more funny the first time. You didn't even laugh the first time. Mm. Okay, did you hear this one? This one would have been good for last week's vlog. Okay. Why does a duck have tail feathers? Oh, yeah, to cover his ass. Oh. (laughs) Something like that. (laughs) To hide his butt quack. (laughs) All right. um, That's why. Okay, this is is what we're going to do. This is Ben going on offense. If, if you guys slow down there if you guys don't leave uh, messages we're gonna tell more awful dad jokes. dad jokes hey those are funny i thought maybe i need to come up with some next time i, I didn't come up with those i just found i mean them. i'll yeah. dig them up somewhere i don't know all right well that's it thanks thank you thank you for listening to fight for together we'll see you next time I realize we just have to play the music because otherwise I say thanks and then in the sound yeah, it says okay. thanks. All right.